This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs.
How am I supposed to follow that? Unbelievable. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Revelation 12, verse 11. Of Revelation 12, 11. Uh, Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Did not, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. What I'm finding in this verse is, notice the first part. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. This is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ working through believers so that point to by the word of their testimony. They have a testimony. God working through them over a lifetime from salvation to they're going to meet the Lord in their glory. Um, the, I've been wanting to tell you guys, uh, it's been put on my heart to testify that all that God has been doing in the last several years. And there's been a lot that's happened just in the last seven months, but even in the last couple of years as, as a police officer in Seattle, you can only imagine, right? Been through some difficult things, been through a couple protests, four of them actually, and they were not very fun. And so I, you know, what are you supposed to do in something like that? Run to God. Run to him as your refuge. Run to him. And so that's exactly what we're going to talk about. He is my safe place. He is the one I go to when I'm threatened, when I'm afraid, um, when I'm worried. I have fears. Uh, there's things that bother each of us. All of us have them. There are things that are too big, too great, too hard, seems insurmountable. No way to get out of it. No way to go forward. You're backed into a corner. Don't know what to do. This is impossible. Anybody gone through anything like that? Yes, absolutely. We all have. Um, the solution is God. God is your refuge. You guys notice on your bulletin the van right here? This is Kathy's van. This is my niece. See this? So she put on the, the back of the van, uh, Psalm 91, which we're going to go to in a minute. So you can go ahead and turn there right now. But uh, I wanted to start out with an illustration that I got from Natasha Morehouse, who's sitting right over there. Yes, I'm pointing at you. <laughs> yes, this came from Natasha Morehouse. Our, our friends from Seattle, we all moved together at the same time, is the Plansiches are sitting right here, and the Morehouses. And there's Natasha. <laughs> So I got this from her, and I've never forgotten this. Uh, in the early 90s, uh, Russians began to move into the Seattle area, and uh, Natasha's family are persecuted Christians, and if you ever talk to her, she's full of faith stories. Um, for me, the most significant faith story that I can never get out of my mind to this day is what she told us about how one family had some young people that were rebelling and they were going to go out and go party and their friends came to get them and the parents said don't go I don't want you to go partying with these kids and they said no we're going to go anyways and the mother or father I'm going to get the details exactly right said please take Jesus with you and they said Jesus can go into the trunk that night uh, so they took off that night. They got a phone call that everybody had been killed and that the car had been horribly mangled except for the trunk. 
the trunk was in perfect condition, not hurt, not anything. And when I heard that illustration, I, uh, it's with me to this day. And I'm thinking, I never. Jesus, take the wheel, take the car. I do not want you in the trunk of my life. I want you first in everything that I do in my life. I, I want to give you my things that I, that I have, my future, all my plans. I want to surrender them to Christ. Just listening to this one illustration. Um, we now submit everything under the sovereign hand in Christ. In fact, I'm giving him this sermon right now. Um, and you know what? God is strong. He can handle it. He can handle everything that you give him. He can take it. He's got it. No problem. Now turning to Psalm 91, it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Notice that it says, whoever chooses to do this, you have to choose to make God your refuge. You have to want it. You have to want him, not it, him. You have to want him. That means that you're actively choosing God for your protection. That it's something where you, with your free will, moves towards God. You've picked him out. You select it and decided while rejecting all other alternatives that God is the very best choice, hands down, bar none, period. That you believe this to be true, the truth of all truths, that God is right. He is your refuge. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Uh, There are many things in life that I run into when I don't know the solution to it. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to go forward through whatever this is. We've encountered tons of them on the move out here. It's been months of it, actually insurmountable problems dealing with the cell of the house and God has opened up every single door every single time but he always makes us the day before really stress out (laughs) right (laughs) really bad and you know this doing this that's what he's doing and when it seems like we're not going to get through this we do get through this we do he is my refuge my fortress and God whom I trust um, there's a phrase out there that in the horse world, it says, tamed to harness. That means that the horse who's wild is tamed to take the harness. I think that's a good illustration for us. We are wild. We need to be tamed. We need to be tamed to take Christ's harness. Um, there's, it's just the way it is. When you're young, you're, you're strong-willed, you're independent, you want to do things your own way in your own power, strength, and skill set, and the older you get, you learn more and more and more to walk in faith in Christ. Step with him. Go with him. And by the way, it's for our good to go through tough times. It's not fun and not fun at all. I have learned the, the lesson where if when tough times come at me, I would flee or resist it or take my time dealing with it. Uh, the new me now deals with difficult times, and I just grab it right now. 
grab it right now. The, the, tough, the toughness of it is shorter if you do that. Just embrace it. And God will turn up the heat until you do, right? Until you do. Uh, a former pastor of mine, Kelly Taylor of Calvary Chapel of Lake Stevens, Washington, I remember going to him one day, and I began to tell him about a difficult situation that I was going through. And his response to me was, oh, I'm awesome, I'm happy for you. And my response was, gee, you're not very good. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to say poor baby or something like that? I wanted my poor baby, you know. I wanted to hear that. Um, but it, he was telling me, I am so glad that you're going through this because you're really going to grow from this. You're really going to learn from this. you would be better off going through this. And in my youth, I really didn't want to hear that, but he was right. He was right. So, and by the way, it's when you go through tough times that you do choose Christ. Given enough time, make enough mistakes, encounter enough impossibles, and you will learn to experience to, to choose Christ. You will. You will. So back to the text, verse 3. It says, surely he will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. That means he's going to save you, protect you, guard you, help you. The fowler snare is a, is a bird snare. It's a, um, so the, when the bird flies down, he's baited with the snare catching his claw. He doesn't see it and thinks he's getting something good, and in reality, he's losing his life. Life is full of fowler snares. They really are. They're all around us. Uh, we were just watching a movie last night, and I'm confessing this in front of all of you, and we had to sit there and, and mute the, a lot of the movie. And the way we do it is we, we go, la, 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 really loud when something happens. That's the way we do it. I don't know how you guys do it, but that's the way we do it. Um, but because Hollywood just slips in, defiling things, <laughs> immorality, rebellion, anger, just one little small scene at a time. Little, these are fowler snares. They're all around us all around us. Um, deadly pestilences, as it says, surely he will save you from the fowler snare and from deadly pestilence, protect you from diseases and sickness. My health belongs to God. My physical and mental well-being belongs to God. I give God my depression. Anybody have depression? I just left Washington State. Lots of people with depression. Lots of them. Discouragement. What's the antidote to that? to give courage, to find courage in the scriptures, to find courage in Christ, the good news of the word. There's anxiety, cancer, COVID, it's everywhere, right? He says he would save it, save us from it. I am not defined by depression or discouragement. I'm not defined by sickness. I'm not defined by that. I'm defined by what Christ says about me, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalm 139, verse 14. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Psalm 40, verse 5. Many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done and the plans you have for us. None can compare to you. If I proclaim and declare them, they are more than I can count. He is a master craftsman, and he has thought of you in eternity past, and he has created you for a purpose and a plan in this generation to 
use your talents and your gifts and your ability for him to live a multiplied life. That's what God wants us in this generation. He is that not therefore going to take it and crush you to smithereens? He's not going to do that. He isn't. But he is a master potter, right? Shaping and shifting you for, uh, you notice the shape of the pot is maybe rough in the beginning and then it starts to form and gets better until it's ready to be fired in the kiln. That's the way it is with all of us. I can tell you that by experience. So in the first... uh, the first service, I said I've been a believer for 41 years, and I felt like a kid. <laughs> I felt like a kid. And uh, I can tell you that it's true. It's really true. That he has a plan for you. It's a good plan. It's not a bad plan. It's a fantastic plan. But part of that plan is to go through the crucible so that you would trust in him that he is your refuge, to surrender, surrender your rights to him. Christ says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That means that I'm made with great care and precision, with a purpose and a plan in this generation. There's no one like me, never has, never will. One of a kind, exceptional, fantastic. Exceptional, fantastic. That's good to know, right? That's, what the, that's the courage of the word. That's the way the word describes us. Psalm 91, verse 4. He will cover you with his wings, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will observe with your eyes. Underline that in your Bible. You will observe with your eyes. And see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Just like I said, I've walked with Christ for 40 years. I can tell you that you will see the good hand of God. You will. I remember getting saved. I was a Catholic and didn't know anything. I was 13 years old and a friend of mine from the Nazarene church shared the gospel with me in the seventh grade. I didn't get saved then, but I had to think about it at nighttime. Thought about it, and I got saved. Walking to his house in the rain, because it always rains in Oregon. It just rains. Just get used to it. But instantaneous eyes were open. I stopped stealing money from my mom's purse, confessing. (laughs) I stopped picking on my little sister. I started doing the chores. No one told me to do these things. Spontaneously began to serve and love. Everything was different from that point on, from that point on. So it's really true. You will observe with your eyes. You will see this. The Bible also says to consider the wicked. You will observe with your eyes that if you go down this course, if you pursue a course as outlined in the scriptures that you shouldn't do in Proverbs chapter 1 and 2, then it won't go very well for you. It won't. It'll be very difficult for you. So... God has protected me again and again and again. He has provided for me again and again and again. He has equipped me again and again and again. He has blessed me again and again and again. We can just go through the list, right? And uh, so here's, here's how we make God our refuge, okay? 
And by the way, the reason why I'm sharing this with you, a little piece here in Revelation 12, 11, is because God's been telling me, go tell people. Tell people, this is what God is doing. Look at this. I want to show you this, the step of faith that we took. Don't be embarrassed by it. Tell people. I would love for you to do the same thing with me. Come to me and say, uh, Patrick, guess what God did for me here with this situation and this situation on and on. Tell me. Okay, so back to how to make God my refuge. And I brought this up. In, in the year 2020, you guys know there are widespread protests going on, especially in Seattle. And they were not pleasant as a police officer to go through them. Now, I didn't go through any of the violent ones. I did go through four, two big ones and two small ones. And there was also a CHAZ in downtown Seattle, a homeless encampment. Well, they built other homeless encampments in north, all over the place, actually. They didn't make the news. And so in north Seattle, while I was working, there was one right there. I'm in right in the middle of all this stuff. This is beyond me. I, you know, I know I was uh, working for the sheriff's office and I got a uniform and I have all that, but this is beyond me. Too much. Very difficult to handle. Um, so I needed God's protection. So uh, we have a messianic friend of ours. He, he might even be watching right now. I'm not sure. But uh, he shared with me that he put, he has a little white sticker with God's sovereign name on it, Yahweh. And he said, uh, put this on your car. So I stuck it on my car. And he said, just mark this off. This car belongs to Christ. I said, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. So I took my badge and I wrote, Yahweh is my refuge on my badge. I wrote it on my gun. I put it on my taser. I put it on my pepper spray. I put it on my baton. And I put it on my vest. Now you know my entire layout where I put everything. That this, that Patrick Miles is marked for God, and you can't mess with me. You can't touch me. And so uh, I didn't share this in the first service. I'll tell you one thing that happened. So there's outside all the stuff going on, uh, people saying things that are terrible towards law enforcement. Well, there was an elderly man that wandered away from his home, and he got into the courthouse, and he got up on the fifth floor, and he just had enough. I don't know what he was doing. He just had enough strength to get there, and I couldn't get back. So his nurse found him up there and then asked for me to get a wheelchair for him. So I said, okay. The only way to get him to his car is to go through that crowd. And I thought, I had righteous indignation in me. I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I got a wheelchair. I got him. And I went right through that crowd. They all split like this. Like the parting of the sea. And I looked them all in the eye. You shouldn't be saying that. You shouldn't be cursing. You shouldn't be doing that. And I got to my car and I dropped them off. And they all looked guilty for cursing. I hate to say it. Now I had to get back by myself. And I walked through and they all parted like the Red Sea. They did. They didn't do a single thing to me. Nothing. Nothing. God is my refuge. You can't touch me. I just marked with permanent marker all over myself. <laughs> So, so I wanted by faith to give myself to God and place myself under him and his protection. I was desperate, and I needed him. We need to be desperate before the Lord. I belong to God. My stuff belongs to God. My re reputation belongs to God. My money belongs to God. My family belongs to God. My future belongs to God. I put his name as an outward act. 
Psalm 91, verses 11 through 13. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. I was thinking at the time you just said to guard you in all your ways. Well, who guards the guard? I mean, that's what I did. I, the guard. Who guards the guard? Uh, who's my backup? Where's my partner? You know, it's a police term. Um, I chose the biggest guy on the block. I wanted the big guy, God himself. Habakkuk 2, verse 1. I said, I will climb up on my watchtower and stand at my guard post or ramparts. Does it say that? Nope. King James. I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint or my cry for help. Or, Lord, give me a solution to my complaint. I need help. I'm just waiting guarding, waiting for God to give me an answer or a solution to that which is what I was seeking. And God did that for me. Okay, back to Psalm 91, verses 14 and 15. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. God loves us. As a matter of fact, God plays favorites. He plays favorites with us. He loves us. Uh, reminded of Matthew 7, 9 through 11. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He's going to give you good gifts, even I can't say it right. He is. He is. He will. He loves you very much. He's not distant. He's with you. The nearness of God is my good. All right, so if you look at your bulletins, um, there's three ways to surrender. Three ways to surrender. Number one, I would say surrender everything you own to Christ. Everything you own to Christ. What do you own? Um, cars, houses, assets, everything you own, every single thing you own to Christ. Let me tell you about, in a practical way, how I did this. Um, before retiring, the sheriff's office does very honoring things. They sign you out on the radio, they give you your badge, they give you an ID card, and they give you a plaque, and they give you a retirement party. So on the last day I was there, they signed me out on the radio, and it was very honoring. The very next day, we did training, working on tourniquets and combat casualty care stuff. And uh, at the end, we had a party, and no badge, no plaque, no ID card. And, there, uh, and that was, uh, once I heard about that, first thing I did was, I surrender. I surrender my rights to any of this right now. I give it to God right now. Learn by experience. Do not try to hold on to anything. My partner, who was retiring after 50 years of law enforcement, could not believe it and was appalled by it and began to chew out the command staff. What are you saying? You, you don't have, what are you talking about? What's going on? Um, I just surrendered. I give it to God. Um, 
so that was Saturday, Sunday, Monday. On Monday, I began to turn my equipment in, my radio, my keys, my proximity card, and my partner was there just letting him have it. I, just, I give up. I don't, you know. So I um, go to the quartermaster. I turned in all my gear, and the quartermaster says, hey, keep your badge. Keep your ID card. Very next day, they drop off my plaque. See what I'm saying? I gave it to God. I surrendered. I give it to him. And he gets the glory for that. Does that make sense? What was impossible two days before is possible in Christ. Here it is. There's my badge. It says, God is my refuge. In other words, I gave this to God. You can't take this from me. You can't even think about it. So I had to surrender. A lesson learned, right? Um. I think that I think that's just a practical application that we need to do too. What is it in us that we need to surrender to Christ, to put under His sovereign care? What is it that we have? We all have them. We all tend to grasp at things. We all tend to fight at things. Let me show you practically Kathy's van. I think this is the next slide. Kathy's van. Uh, Kathy is my niece, and she acted in faith and went and got vinyl stickers and put it on her van, okay? And she has my niece, uh, spine, a daughter with spina bifida, had to trust in the Lord. Uh, she's gone through all sorts of surgeries, and, but trusting God, walk forward in Him, and God has watched out for her. That little girl can speak and crawl around and is perfectly fine, a perfectly healthy little girl. You can imagine how she has gone through the ringer in some ways, right? Right? Well, as an act of faith, she put this on her van. And she has more stickers. It's a whole, whole white van and it's got stickers on them. Isn't that cool? <laughs> and so... Um, Anyways, I love her for that, which is this van belongs to God. My niece is also my granddaughter. Eliana belongs to God. My kids belong to God. So point number two, surrender your loved ones to to Christ. Um, Difficult marriage, surrender. I just surrender this to Christ. Um, struggling with kids in rebellion. I surrender this whole process to Christ. Now, it doesn't mean that you're passive. You know, passive is who cares what happens. But in Christ, active means God cares what happens. God cares what happens. It's just the difference is instead of putting it under me, I'm shifting it to God. It was his anyways in the first place, right? It's just a difference. I surrender this to Christ. That his plan and what he does with what I give him is better than mine, smarter than me, better than me, smarter than me. He'll protect whatever I give him. He'll hold it, keep it, keep it safe, do the best job than what I can do. And it keeps the stress off me too. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to do that right now. I have, I have children that are still in Seattle, adult sons, four of them, and grandkids. So I want them out here. I surrender that to Christ, but with the caveat that I reserve the right to use whatever type of guilt trips I could possibly do (laughs) to get them out here in Jesus' name. So these are Jesus' guilt trips. 
just got to say that. And they said, you're right. (laughs) You have that, Dad. You can do that if you want. Okay, number three. Okay, I purposely wrote this as long as possible. Surrender your gifts, your talents, your career, your future, even your very identity to Christ. I wrote that really long on purpose. I want it to be exhaustive. Every gift has come from Christ. Uh, before, I, excuse me, Romans 14, 7 through 8 says, For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. We belong to the Lord. We live for the Lord. Every gift you have has come from Christ. Every talent and ability has come from Christ. Everything. How do you know what it is? You know it because it's easy for you to do. So what, do I, what does Patrick do all the time? Uh, if you get near me, I'll do two things all the time. I'll teach you. I'll start teaching you something. And then the second thing is I'll encourage you. Uh, I do that. I'm a cheerleader for Jesus. You know what I mean? I do that. So what is it that you do? You'll know it because you do it all the time. That's your gifts. That's the talents and abilities that God has given you. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Everything comes from God. Just to solidify that. Your gifts. Your abilities that God has given you you encourage or you serve or you teach or you administrate those god gave you those do those in christ under his protection surrender to him how about your talents that means your aptitude and skills that you have you're athletic you're creative you're artistic you're you're smart you these are your talents that god has given you to be used for his glory Your career, what you've been trained to do and aspire to do with your life. This is important for young people. What do I do when I grow up? What do I want to do when I grow up? You probably have ideas and inklings about what you want to do when you grow up. You already know, I I tend to want to go this way. Give it to Christ. I have found, because I'll ask dads who are working, how did you find your job? How did you find your career? They said, I walked this way, and God opened up a door. And when I opened up that door, there were two doors on the other side, and I went through that door. And when I got opened that door, there were four doors on the other side, and I opened one of those. God sovereignly, over and over and over again, I found that God gives people their career paths. Surrender that to Christ. What do you do What you aspire in your life? Start your life out this. I want this under the blood of the Lamb. I want a testimony of this in Christ. Your future, you should give your future, surrender that to Christ. Where you live, your home, your church, your mission field, give that to Christ. I have the freedom to move anywhere I want, don't I? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be just fine. I'm going to be just fine. But I don't want to do it that way. I want to know, God, where are you leading me to move? So 20 years ago, I was in seminary, and my dad passed away while I was in school. And I felt God leading me to go to the Pacific Northwest, because we were church planters, to be with my family. 
We did that. While we were there, man, I, I question it often. Uh, is, God, did you really call me to come home? Uh, did you really do this? And God blessed us with the unbelievable Christian community. There's families from that community right here, and they're watching online right now. Blessed me with, uh, we went out with four chi- children, and we come out with 24, from four to 24. You guys have seen our picture up there. It's just a lot you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, we find out that my mom died in February, and us being led to come out here in May, we realized, you know, we came out to Seattle in May of 2002, and we're really leaving May of 2022, 20 years, almost to the month. God's sovereign hand showed me after mom's passing that my work is done dealing with, my work is done there. Now it's time for something else to do surrendering your future to Christ. You should surrender your very identity to Christ. What what I mean by that? Business owner, craftsman, teacher, police officer, nurse, doctor. Uh, You know, I could say I am a police officer for 36 years as my identity, or I am an associate pastor. That's my identity. My favorite is... I'm the husband of an awesome wife and a dad, you know, of all these godly kids. She's right there, and that's why I'm pointing that way. Right there, Rhonda. That's my favorite. That's really my identity, surrender even that, in Christ, that you are a servant of the king. You're a servant of the king. First uh, Corinthians one thirty one says, Therefore it is written, Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. You boast that I know Jesus, that I walk with him, that he is mine and I am his. All right, to, to conclude this, I, uh, back to Revelation twelve eleven says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much to shrink from death. I wanted to show you how overcoming by the blood of the lamb this is just one story i could spend hours telling you stories you could too if i i'm going to invite you guys over at some point in the near future for for dinner or go out and i want to hear what god is doing and you could do it too um it's god working in all of us are there things in your life that you need to let go of Right now, there are there things in your life that you need to surrender and let go of? Ask God to reveal them to you. Ask him, God, I need your help. I got a thing, and I don't know what to do with it. Ask him, Lord, I, I'm just going to surrender this to you. Even though you don't feel like it, take a step of faith. God, I surrender this to you. I'm going to try, I want to walk towards this and actively give it to him. Give it to him. Ask him to reveal what it is and then give it to him and believe that God will will help you, that he'll help you. So I just wanted to share with you, number one, surrender everything you own to Christ. Number two, surrender your loved ones to Christ. Number three, surrender your gifts, your talents, your career, your future, even your very identity of Christ. Do not put Christ in the trunk of your life. Put him in the driver's seat of your life. Put him in the driver's seat of your life. Give him everything. God is your refuge. 
give him everything. He will make sure that it will be in mint condition like this trunk, not smashed and crushed. It will stay. Uh, not mangled or torn apart. He will keep you safe. He is your refuge. Uh, we'll end with that. But I, I feel a sensing, uh, God's been telling me this while I was over there for a response from everyone here. So let's just close our eyes right now and we're just going to pray. I'll pray for you. And so if you feel led that there's something in your life that you need to surrender right now, we're going to just do this by an act of faith. Just raise your hand with no one looking. If you feel like you need to surrender something. Okay, thank you. You can put your hands down. So let's just do this right now. I'll pray for you and you pray with me. My Lord Jesus Christ, we love you. We glorify you. We magnify you. You made us fearfully and wonderfully. You care about us. Right now, we come to you by faith, wanting to surrender these things in front of us and in my own self, Lord, things I have to surrender to you. We do this by an act of faith right now. Lord, none of us know what the future holds. We don't know what your plan is. We don't know how this is going to work out. But what we do know is that you are in complete command and control of all of it, Lord. Every bit of it, you're in control. Lord, you're, uh, you do a better job managing this than we will. So we give this to you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.